Hello and welcome to episode 170 of Navigating the Modern World. My name is Kimberly. If you don't know me, hi. <laughs> Um, welcome. I'm so glad that you have found yourself here. I'm not sure how you found yourself here, but dadgum, I'm glad that you did. And if you don't know anything about this podcast, pretty much this podcast, it serves two functions. One, it's kind of an outward processing of my own life and my own life experience. And then because it's my life and my experience, it also is through a Buddhist kind of lens. So I study Buddhism, I think about Buddhism a lot. And I also just really study people and our experiences. And it's so fun for me to take the things that occur in my life, even the harder you know, the harder things, and really give them a space to breathe, give them a space to be processed, give them a space to be explored. And I decided to record it. So here I am. And if this is your first podcast, right on. Um, glad you're here. And if this is your 100th podcast, <laughs> you better believe I'm glad you're here. Um, you're the reason I do this. Every time I hear from somebody who's been listening for a long time, I'm like, it's like a deep bow. I'm like, oh my gosh, I like swallow deeply and I bow. I'm just like, wow. I feel very honored. Um, very honored. So today's podcast is going to be kind of like a part two of, um, well, kind of, I don't know. I don't really know since I don't write anything down or I don't prepare in any way. This podcast is just going to be what it is, but it is kind of a part two of last week's podcast, which was just like being in relationship with yourself. And I wanted to make this podcast because I have had just some like light bulbs pop on over the last like 24 hours. And so I wanted to kind of share about them. I just got done re-listening to a book that I really love. It's called Nonviolent Communication. And I listened to it years ago. I saw a therapist for a long time that she studied nonviolent communication. So I kind of, you know, just explored it during that time with her. And then right now, I'm re-exploring it because... I went through a breakup. So if you didn't listen to the last week's podcast, I'm going through or I have gone through a breakup. Big bummer. Um, and, you know, there's kind of a few ways that we can view hard situations that arise in our life, especially if it feels like the, the thing that occurred didn't feel like your choice, right? Um, and one is to kind of beat ourselves up or feel, you know, shame or guilt or feel bad about ourselves or, you know, I'm going to just leave a big blank. There's like a thousand different things that we could insert there on how we would berate ourselves when things didn't go how we wanted them to go. Um, and there's been some of that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not too good to admit that. Um, and then there's, 
the other way that we can kind of view it, which is the way that we can view, you know, anything that kind of occurs in our life, which is, hmm, this is an opportunity to pay attention. This is an opportunity to look. This is an opportunity to be honest and to grow. And I feel lucky in that my natural tendency is I might beat myself up at first or blame myself. And then usually, um, you know, I slowly move into the realm of, hmm, how can I grow from this? What is this here to teach me? What is here, you know, for me to explore and hopefully grow and evolve a little bit? Um, and so I've been listening to this nonviolent communication because something that I know about myself is that when things get tough and I have like higher emotional, just high, I'm, I'm heightened in emotion. So through this breakup, especially like when the breakup was actually going on, and even now, I can kind of talk about the now part too. But when the breakup was going on, it was like the emotions were heightened. And so like, sometimes my communication. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can just use the same languaging. It m becomes violent, which I think violent isn't necessarily what I think most of you are thinking. But violence is just maybe any time that we create dialogue or use words that just creates more separation from the person that we probably want to be connected to. And so I've been kind of exploring that and like one of my go-tos as a human is to like run. I am a runner. I flee. If you've listened to this podcast, you've heard all the ways that I have run or fleed from things. Um, <clears throat> I'm really good at it. I'm really good at it. I have learned really great skills to protect myself through fleeing. And one of the things that kind of happened while this breakup was going on is, uh, you know, I said, well, you know, I kind of was like egging on, like, yeah, maybe we should break up, you know, kind of like that energy. And it's like in the realm of violent or nonviolent communication, anything that creates more separation I think, you know, could be considered violent or anything that might harm another person or anything that might just cause anything that isn't love or acceptance or honoring or respect could be considered violent. And so as this breakup's going on, you know, something that I kept saying is like, yeah, maybe we should break up. Maybe we should, if that's really how you feel, we should break up, you know, that kind of stuff. And so I have been kind of exploring that because this isn't the first time, like that is kind of my go-to, like, and it's not a pretty go-to. And I want to say, I want to like state something really boldly, which is if you're in a relationship, well, it's like kind of, there's maybe two parts to it, but there's always two parts. Um, anyway, um, if you're stating something like this, it, in my opinion, it does not necessarily, 
a person does not deserve to be broken up with if they have this sort of response in their life. I think, you know, I think like there's like fight, flight, freeze, right? It's like, okay, there's three responses. Well, good luck. You got one, you get one of the three. So, um, so it doesn't, I want to just make very clear that like, I don't think it's actually appropriate to necessarily break up with a person if that's what they're saying. I think that like you have to be willing to look beyond what a person is saying and try to look to actually see the person and not just the moment in the moment reaction. And the person that is saying the thing needs to do the work too. It, it takes both. It takes two. Um, so I've been looking at my part of, man... Gosh, I really don't want to say this in my next relationship. Um, I really, really don't want to say this in my next relationship. I don't want that to be my go-to response. And so I've been listening to this nonviolent communication book, and I was on a walk this morning, and something that just became so clear to me, and it was almost just like touching. I It brought up emotion whenever I kind of realized it and I just you know really was kind of like feeling super compassionate toward myself and super compassionate toward the part of me that has you know that feels so deeply and is scared and so goes into this kind of pattern of running and what I really saw is that like whenever I do that pattern whenever I say like yeah we should break up is that I'm actually like I'm just very very disconnected from myself in that moment I'm in reaction mode I'm kind of like feeling big feelings but not really necessarily wanting to fully you know be vulnerable to those feelings to actually go into those feelings to pause and sit with those feelings it's kind of like the fleeing is the distraction from the work, right? The, the going into like, hey, 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 what's actually going on? And a lot of times what I realized on this walk is that a lot of times when I would say this response, I was like, just almost like dying for closeness. Like, all I wanted was closeness and connection. And I couldn't figure out how to get it. And sometimes when I think we don't know how to, we don't know how to get what we need, we feel scared or vulnerable. And the easy thing to do is to just let the reaction take over. And because it's the habitual thing, right? It's like what it's like what we are accustomed to doing. It's what we're habitually trained to do. It's um, it's also kind of the natural tendency of being human, right? We feel unsafe and we go into these patterns. And It's bringing up emotion because there's something just so beautiful 
about just de- desiring connection and desiring closeness and I think it's like such a beautiful human desire and it sucks when we it's almost like we do the opposite it's like self-sabotaging it's like we do the opposite thing and it's because we don't know what we we want we don't know what we need we don't we we actually don't know so it's like in the not knowing it just feels chaotic and fearful and intense and so you're just kind of like letting kind of this unevolved part of you just take over and I think that to know your patterning like I was thinking about it and I was like oh man like what a different world it could have been if I would have been able to communicate not that I wanted to break up but actually that I wanted closeness and I wanted connection and I was unsure how to get it and you know I think the scary part of that is that if you actually vulnerably share that you still may not get it which is tough it's like It's tough, but it's more honest, you know, and I think there's something about the reason I said this is like part two is because I think part of being in relationship with yourself is being able to really know what is going on with you and to be able to share that thing that is going on with you. And to be able to share it in such a way that the person that you're talking to hopefully will begin to hear it. And sometimes I think it takes quite a few times, you know, especially if the other person is heated or the other person is also in a heightened emotional state. And I think, you know, I just, I wanted to share this because it's just so often, I think, you know, I find myself in a reaction of some sort. It doesn't even have to be, I don't want to be with you or we should break up or whatever. It's like, it can be any sort of reaction. And I'm just so curious about what if I paused long enough to one, open myself up to being compassionate with myself. Like, oh, you're in pain. Like, babe, you're in pain. It's okay. You know, this is painful. This hurts. And then to take it a step further after I kind of soothe the pain a little bit and just to like really get curious about like, Hey, what are you needing right now? What's right here that wants your attention? Like, what are you needing? And then to be able to express that to the person, whether it's I think about this in every area of my life, even if it's not an intimate relationship, if it was in a career, if it was in a friendship, if it was with a stranger, like what the difference would be to be able to cue in 
really understand, ask myself, what am I feeling, right? This is the building of a relationship with oneself is when you are curious with yourself, when you pause often to be with yourself, to open up to whatever you're experiencing. Um, and one thing that we can ask to kind of get to know ourselves, especially when we're in pain, we can do this when we're not in pain too. We can do this when we're experiencing joy too. Um, is, you know, one thing is, what am I feeling right now? And really like cueing into what you're feeling. And I think, I think it takes practice. I think we have like a pretty minimal, uh, language for describing how we feel. You know, it's like often if you like, Hey, how are you? It's like, good. All right, cool. It's like, that's like, there's like five words. There's like five main words that we use to describe how we're feeling. And I think that it's like a very, how we feel is actually way more dynamic, but it takes practice to really cue in to how we're feeling. Like I have been feeling lots of anger, but then when I look underneath the anger, it's often like just intense sadness. It's like, you know, it's like layered. There's, it's not even just, it's not necessarily just even one emotion. It's like layered um, emotions and I can cue into it to kind of get to know myself, to get to know what I'm going through and to give, to be able to give myself compassion for what I'm going through. And then once we know what we're going through, we can offer ourselves that compassion like, oh, babe, yeah, this is painful. It's really painful. Um, <clears throat> and we can spend time in that space. And sometimes it's harder to give ourselves compassion. But I think we can practice it and maybe fake it till we make it a little bit like there is something to speaking to ourselves in a kind, loving voice. There is something to like placing a hand on our heart or our belly or wherever it hurts. And then another layer of getting to know ourselves, especially if we're in pain and when we're not in pain, I, I want to, I'm speaking kind of specifically because I have been in pain, but um, this is also for if we're not in pain, right, is to know what we need. To know what might be helpful. To know what we're looking for. And to know that and then to share it is, you know, in nonviolent communication, he, also, he often talks about it being a gift, to the other person because then the other person knows what you need and that's like a beautiful thing it's you know people can't give you what you need unless they know what you need and I think that we like want people to just know what we need we we want it to be unspoken we want it to be easier we want people that are close to us specifically like you should know what I need and the truth is is that Every single one of us are so wrapped up in our own experience. It's super hard to know what another person needs. And it's actually not the other person's job to guess what you need. They can try, I guess. I don't know. Often, like, when people are trying to give me what I need, it's not what I need. And that becomes even more frustrating. It's like, stop wasting your time. That's not what I want or what I need. You know what I mean? So it is our job, actually, to know ourselves. And then to have ourselves be known. So to know ourselves is the, is the checking in, the internal thinking, the internal pausing. 
all of that. And then once we do that internal work, the intimate part, the vulnerable part is sharing it. And that's the part that I find to be hard is the sharing it. And so there's like this really beautiful process that once we share it, we then invite another person into our experience. And we begin practicing, you know, so this is kind of the practice of nonviolent communication. It's like to know yourself and then to open yourself up to another experience, another person's experience. And, you know, something that I think is important is when you share these things is that you can't expect anything out of the other person. You're literally sharing. So the process is you do the process because you want to know yourself one. You want to be intimate with yourself. You want to have a relationship with yourself. And then two, you want to share yourself with the world. And that could mean just your best friend. That could mean just like your spouse. That could mean just your family. That could mean, you know, that could mean your coworkers. That could mean whatever, you know, whatever, however you want to share yourself. That is your choice. But there is something really beautiful about knowing yourself and then giving, giving the world an opportunity to share in who you are with you. And that's the intimate vulnerable part. The other part about um, nonviolent communication that I love is it says that you can also do the same work with another. So you can think about when you're noticing yourself triggered or reactive toward another person, you can first just notice that like, okay, I'm frustrated or I'm angry or I'm feeling reactive, right? Like feeling that, knowing your feelings. And then the second thing you can do is you can begin to offer compassion to them. So have empathy, begin to wonder, how are they feeling? How are they feeling right now? Well, I feel like maybe they're feeling scared. Or they're feeling alone. And then you can ask yourself, I wonder what they're needing. I wonder what they're needing with this share. They're sharing what they're sharing for a reason. I wonder how they're feeling and what they're needing. Because if they're being reactive to you, my guess is kind of the same, right? It's that there is potentially some feelings there. And there are also like some maybe some needs or um, there's something there that wants their attention that they're trying to express. And it is so hard to express ourselves. I don't know about y'all, but man, it is so hard to express yourself. It's like so hard for me to express myself. It's, you know, it takes so much space and time and investigation. There's often, you know, so many times I ask myself, what do I need? And I don't know. I like can't figure it out. But I have to have the patience to continue to ask and to continue to be with that. And to be okay in that unknown space. To be, you know, almost like... open to being in the discomfort of not knowing of the unknown so much of life is unknown and I think it feels so uncomfortable and so if we ask a question and we don't hear the answer right away we flee we run away 
And I think we do this with other people too. It's like we ask a question of somebody and they don't know the answer and we're just like, okay, peace. You know, it's like we're out. We can't, we can't deal with the unknown. And so part of the practice is also like as we get to know ourselves and as we grow in patience with ourselves and we grow in a listening, a deeper listening of ourselves, curiosity of ourselves, you know, it's really kind of a beautiful thing to extend that curiosity to the other as well. What are they feeling? Can I really feel that they're feeling that? What might they be needing or what might be right there that wants attention that they're trying to express? And really, it, it just provides space to begin to look underneath this kind of like, I'm going to call it like the personality. We all have a personality. Like we're humans. We have a personality and the personality is often this kind of like, it is the part that's reactionary. It is the part that tries to look cool. It is the part that doesn't want to get hurt. It is the part that, you know, like has all this intensity. And it's just like these ways of being in the world that is for protection. And, and if we can just pause and try to look beyond that, try to remember the human inside them. And in Buddhism, you know, they, um, they call it othering. So in Buddhism, when you are no longer seeing a human in front of you, but you're just seeing like their behavior or whatever, and you're kind of like telling yourself that they are this behavior, you are othering them. You're, you have lost, you have lost the perspective that this is a human being. And it's like, because they're a human being, and you're a human being. You guys are one or connected or similar. Or, and it's like when you other, this person is no longer like, you know, they're like this thing. That they're this other thing. They're this mean thing. They're this reactionary thing. They're this angry thing. They're this abusive thing. You know, whatever the wording is. And we other them. We, we separate ourselves from them. We become violent with them. When we're othering, that that's another form of violence. We push another person away we say this person is over here and they're different and I'm over here and I'm different instead of looking at this person as human saying hmm I wonder what they're feeling or like hmm I'm wondering what they're needing what what are they trying to express to me right now this deeper curiosity and we can do this work with both ourselves getting to know ourselves building intimacy with ourselves And through intimacy builds understanding and through understanding builds love. And we can do this with another. We can, you know, be curious about this person. We can begin to build intimacy through our curiosity, getting closer, moving in closer, not moving further away, but moving in closer. And then we can, through that intimacy, through that vulnerable opportunity for intimacy, we can then begin to build understanding about this person. And then through that understanding, that is how love begins to cultivate and blossom. And I just think it's such an important thing. I think, I think, I think personally for myself, it does start with myself here, right here, trying to understand what I'm feeling. It's like, how am I going to understand what another person's feeling if I don't even know what I'm feeling? You know, it's kind of like, I think one beautiful thing about human human the human experience is that like when we know a an emotion we can often 
see it in another person because we've experienced it. We know it. And I think that there's beauty in getting to know ourselves in that when we know ourselves, we automatically know others. Um, in Buddhism, they talk a lot about, they talk about mangoes, like the mango tree, um, which is funny. I don't know why mango tree, but that's something that comes up a lot in the Pali Canon. Um, but they talk about mango trees and they say, once you, you know, investigate one mango tree, you have investigated all of them. They're all the same. Yes, they have different crevices and, you know, little parts to them, but it's like the leaves are the same. It processes you know, food and energy the same, the fruits that come out of it are the same, you know, it's like, and they're not exactly the same, because everything is like slightly unique and different, right? That's kind of the beauty, but it's like the bigger mechanics are the same. And it's kind of like a beautiful thing, I think, even with humans, it's like, if we, if we really get to know ourselves, the more we pay attention to ourselves and understand our own reactions, understand our own emotions, understand our own responses, understand how we're feeling, understand what we're needing, understand, you know, the requests we really need to make in order to get our needs met, like all of these things. If we really, really begin to pay closer attention and understand those things, then the kind of beauty of it, the secret gift is that we then begin to understand other humans more too. And so it just broadens our ability, it expands our ability to be with humans, it expands our ability to be with discomfort, it expands our ability to be with ourselves, and it really expands the opportunity to be in relationship with things, to be in a nonviolent, intimate, loving, close relationship with things. And I think, I mean, I don't know about everyone else, but so much of what my heart longs for is connection and closeness. And I think a lot of times our natural kind of reaction, and it's a, I think it's like probably a taut reaction for most of us, creates the opposite. It creates distance. It creates, a, it, there's like, it creates kind of um, cracks in the foundations of things. And I'm really trying to pause and understand that this breakup is, is an opportunity for me to learn. It's an opportunity for me to grow and evolve so that I don't do the same things that I did before. Another really big thing that I've been kind of um, investigating, and then I'm probably going to end because it's already been 30 minutes. <laughs> You can pause and come back if it's too long. Um, another thing that I have been realizing in this relationship is just like, I I just am a jealous person. Um, m my parents have jealousy. I don't know if it's like it started at a young age because like even my very first boyfriend when I was like 14 or 15 or however old, um, there was jealousy. I've like, it's just like this ingrained thing in me. And it, it spans across different things, you know, like sometimes I'm jealous of other women <laughs> and sometimes I'm jealous of like somebody's time or sometimes I'm like jealous of somebody knowing themselves and me feeling like I don't know myself. And sometimes in this relationship, I found myself like feeling jealous and 
he really didn't like that. And I, I was pretty, I, one of the gifts that I think I have is that I have very heightened awareness of things going on within me. And so like, I would see the jealousy and I could just name it like, ah, I'm feeling jealous. And it always made him feel bad. It made him feel guilt and shame. And, and that was never my intention, you know, by me naming it is in my hope is like bringing awareness to it will help me, you know, move through it. But it affected him in a very strong way. And so something else that I'm realizing is I'm like, okay, same thing, same process. Okay, I'm jealous. Okay, here it is. Can I be compassionate toward myself? Yes. Okay, what am I needing? And so much of what I was needing is like routine to do the things that I love. I was like craving the routine to do the activities and the things that I really love. And that's something he was super good at and something that I kind of struggle with sometimes. And so for me, it was just like jealous. It was like this, it felt like a very normal human instinct to feel like jealous. And what I could have done instead is I could have just paused recognized and then worked on really getting my need met which is like you know giving myself attention to giving myself the attention and the time to do the things that really make me happy I think this is like a very common thing in relationship which is why I'm bringing it up it's just like we almost lose ourselves in the other person or we like stop doing all of the things that we love Just because like, I don't know, you kind of at first in a relationship, you get infatuated and then it's like, oh, we're in this thing and we're being, you know, we're going to do everything together. And, and I don't know about other people listening, but my parents do everything together, almost to a detriment. And they always have, they work together. They had a business together. They did everything together. So one, another thing taught, it's ingrained in me. Not that that's an excuse, right? I still need to learn from it. I still need to grow from that. Um, which I'm still doing at the ripe age of 34. I'll be 35 tomorrow. (laughs) Um, I, yeah, it's like, I, I still have so much to learn. And I think when I pause and I begin to think about the ways to get my needs met, like, Oh, I'm feeling jealous. Okay. That's a normal human emotion. No problem. If you've ever listened to my, you know, my meditations, like no problem. This is just what's here. It's not a big deal. And how we respond to it is what creates our reality. So, okay, I pause, be compassionate toward myself. Like, yeah, feel ya. You've, you grew up knowing jealousy. You grew up, you know, sacrificing yourself for everybody. Like you grew up, it's okay. It's okay. Like this is, this is just what's here. No big deal. And what do I need? Well, I need to do something that I love. Okay, great. Pull out the yoga mat. Pull out the guitar. Um, you know, go on a long walk. Sit in the sun. Uh, you know, water your plants. You know, like really tapping in and then practicing giving myself what I need. And then being able to express that, you know, with the other person. Which I will say, you know, I didn't do the best of all the time. I didn't, it's like I didn't go far enough. I went to the edge. I knew what I was feeling. I could express what I was feeling. But then we would almost get stuck there. We would almost get caught there. And I think the next thing is to 
really take responsibility for my life and really ask myself, okay, what am I needing? And then sharing what I need and then going and getting what I need. You know, something that as I get older, and it's like something I'm like angry about, but I'm also like happy about, is that we have choice. And maybe it's like, you know, we have a delusion that we have choice. Like we have this illusion that we can, we cho- we're choosing everything. But even if it's an illusion, whatever, we still have the illusion. Um, but we have choice. We have choice to how, with how we spend our time. We have cho- choice of who we spend our time with. We have choice of what we do. We have choice of what we eat. We have choice of how we move our bodies. We have choice of the thoughts that we choose to, you know, perpetuate the thoughts we we choose to uh, ruminate about, um, the storylines we hold about people. Like, we have choice. And there's something about taking responsibility that what we choose is ours that both totally pisses me off. It's like, no! Like, ugh, it's so exhausting to have to choose all the time. But then there's this other part that's like, but wait, you get to choose. And that's really beautiful because it means I can choose to do the things that feel good. And it means I can choose to change my mind about something. And it means that I can change. That I don't always have to be a jealous person. And I don't always have to, um, you know, think I need to run away when I'm scared. I can choose something different and there's something very empowering about that and there's something really beautiful about that and it might take some work but I think in the long run it takes less work because there's less suffering there's less pain involved there's less violence involved um so I want to suggest to you that Maybe the first suggestion is that you just move a little bit slower in your interactions. And you give yourself some space to really look at yourself and look within and ask yourself these questions. What am I feeling? And you can ask these, you know, every time you're suffering or you can ask them anytime. What am I feeling right now? Even when you're happy, what am I feeling right now? Is this happiness? Is this excitement? Is it, you know, like, ask, what am I feeling? And then being super kind to yourself. I think being kind to ourselves is like, oh my gosh. It's like, I don't know, one of the big answers. We're so mean to ourselves. You guys, we're so mean to ourselves. Ugh makes me so sad to know how mean I am to myself sometimes. And so being kind, being really kind. And then really checking in, like, what am I needing? And working toward sharing those things with others to, you know, be in the world. Be in connection. Be close with others. And in doing so, there's something kind of beautiful that I think begins to occur, which is that we just begin to move closer and closer to our own hearts. 
And that's really special. And needed, I think. Hmm. Well, y'all are the best. If you liked this podcast, please feel free to go to any platform that you listen to podcast and rate and review it. You can share it with a pal. <laughs> um... And just know that I'm grateful for each of you. Until next time.